Brad gets a promotion, no to the Mac, and Xbox storage looking pretty good. Happy Friday, friends. Hopefully you are having yourselves a wonderful Friday. It is the podcast that happens every single Friday, and according to one guy on Twitter, nobody listens to it, even though I looked at the stats for the last year, it was something like 275 hours worth of podcast listening from this channel alone, and so I appreciate everybody who's tuning in, and you can go find that tweet, but don't mob them. Just somebody said it, and I was like, you know what? I don't think that's true. And so here we are. Happy Friday. I hope you're having a wonderful day because Brad Smith, not this Brad, got a promotion. He is headed to the corporate board of Microsoft. He's going to be the right-hand uh, person of Satya Nadella, who's the chairman of the board, and Brad Smith, the chief legal counsel, and he, I think there's some other something else on his title, um, is going to also be on that board as the vice chair. And so those two are the, the Shaggy and Scooby-Doo of the Microsoft world. And uh, there you go. I mean, they're, they're just they're buddies. And so now they're on the board, and everybody's getting a promotion. It's not time of the year in the microsoft world where our promotions and announcements are coming out so you can go check your linkedin scroll all the way through that and if you're following anyone on microsoft if they got a promotion now is typically when those things are coming out so there was a big apple event this week which honestly dominated just a ton of the news and i'm not going to dive too much into that uh, but there is a little bit of microsoft and apple news microsoft is not going to be shipping windows on arm on the mac i don't know why you would honestly want to be doing that at this point in the game i think apple has some fantastic apps and if you need that many specific Microsoft apps that you're thinking about virtualizing it, just buy a PC. You'll be better off in the long run. Um, so just keep that in mind. And there was a massive Apple event this week that sort of cleared the deck of news. There is some gaming news, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And I'm not going to dive too much into the, the conversation about the Apple stuff. I am ordering an iPhone 13 Pro, but it's, I'm not one of those people who upgrades every single year. Uh, I'm coming from a 10s, And the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just a battery that's not a dumpster fire and the camera upgrade. The camera upgrade should be pretty significant because even my wife who has an iPhone 11 between the tennis and 11 the photo the photographic qualities are quite a bit better and so i'm expecting the 13 to be quite good too uh or quite a bit of a jump because the tennis was actually kind of known to have just a dumpster fire of a camera and it has been it's been pretty bad so there's a couple new builds of windows out this week depending on if you are in the dev channel or the beta channel if you're in the beta channel you're pretty much getting what rtm is yeah there's some minor fixes the dev channel as they alluded to is getting a little slippery with some of the bugs the taskbar is not quite centered that's a known issue but the bigger deal is that they are now enforcing i believe on both rings that if you're going to be running windows 11 in a vm you're going to need to be i believe uh, in a secured vm environment meaning you can't just run your basic hyper v or vm installation setup you actually need the security baselines that microsoft has outlined for that scenario and so if your vm no longer works that is exactly why there's also an edge 95 dev build out that has one specific feature that i'm looking forward to being able to right click on the icons of the uh, extensions and hide them i'm still concerned that microsoft is polluting that whole area up there with just tons of icons there's a coupon one there's a reader one there's just tons of stuff and i'm not saying they're not useful but it'd just be nice to have a clean minimalistic look which is kind of against some of the ethos of microsoft having clean minimal looks and so anyways look be on the lookout for that also shipping with windows 11 on october 5th there's going to be another product and it is the office update so this is the one that brings the rounded edges to the office interface which then matches up very very nicely to windows 11 and so that will be coming out october 5th as well along with a new version of office ltsc or the long-term uh, iteration which is basically like the 
pay once, not the subscription model. Microsoft really doesn't want you using that. Um, but yeah, so that is there. And so as I kind of noted, there wasn't a ton of tech news out this week. We've got some more gaming here in a second. Um, primarily because Apple commanded the week and people didn't want to be polluted uh, by that event. And so, yeah, that's kind of why it felt a little bit lighter this week, especially compared to like last week. And we know that we have Microsoft Ignite coming up. We have some other things. So let's move on to the gaming news because there are rumors yet again. There's like rumor mill central in the world of Xbox. First off, one of them that I do not believe is a rumor is that there's expected to be a 500 gig Xbox Series S and X storage drive. There's already the one terabyte, but it's kind of pricey and it looks like a 500 gig option is going to be coming. Some people have found some French retailers who have uh, the listings up or potentially up. Looks like it's going to be around $150 dues when this thing does arrive. And I think this is going to be a popular option, even though I think cloud gaming will solve this for a lot of people. But given... This lineup the fall, the lineup this fall for first-person shooters is insane. You've like Back for Blood, you have uh, Battlefield twenty, what is it, twenty forty-two? You have Call of Duty Vanguard, you have Halo Infinite, you have Far Cry six. It's like that. That is a lot of game that you gotta install onto your device, and so storage options. Might be kind of needed, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Xbox also announced that they're going to the Tokyo Game Show. Do not expect any significant announcements uh, was sort of the theme that they are going to be there. They're going to be loud and proud, but not looking forward to anything significant coming out of that event. There's also, I think my DMs are half full right now of acquisition rumors. So I always get a little dicey about these because there's... Acquisition rumors are like the be-all, end-all, but there's also things like strategic partnerships. There's also things like putting in Game Pass. And so I, I'm absolutely very aware of what everybody is pinging about. Um, that's about all I want to say on it because it, they're so dicey to get right and the timing is significant. And as I've noted a hundred times on this podcast channel, acquisitions can fall apart for quite literally any any reason. They can be, you know, the, the board could agree on something and they go to the shareholders and they shoot it down. Uh, regulators could come in, they shoot it down. There's so many things that really have to align for an acquisition. I, I just, I don't want to dive into the speculation bucket about what I know in that arena because it's, it's not going to help the situation. So uh, I hear everybody loud and clear and thank you for all the very, some mostly nice DMs, except for the people who, whatever. Um, Halo Master Chief Collection is going to stop getting seasonal updates. Kind of makes sense when Halo Infinite comes out. That's where all of the effort is going to be going to, is Halo Infinite is dropping. We got to keep that popular, I almost said polluted and populated, but you want to keep it popular with fresh deliverables because that is what pe keeps people engaged and helps build that very, very long shelf life for a product such as that title, which I got to tell you folks, I'm a little, there was, uh, there's been some leaked imagery that shows some improvements to the character models. And I, I'm not trying to allude to anything negative in that. I just think that the, the bar is so incredibly high for Halo Infinite that there is not even a smidge of ounce of flexibility in some of this. And the, it's already starting to crack a little bit with things like co-op not coming and Forge not being there. But if it's not smooth mechanics, if things don't go well, I really feel for the team that has worked an additional, more than additional year and given a lifeline and basically an unlimited budget almost to launch Infinite. It's got to launch. It's got to launch in a really, really rock solid state. And so uh, I, I wish them well and I, I hope they nail it. I really do. Because I'm, 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 who doesn't want a fun Halo game to play? So 
on to the questions of the week. Gulshin59 says, uh, will Microsoft ever bring RC, oh, interesting, RCS support to Windows 11 for your phone Android SMS? This is a fantastic question because we've, I believe we finally got like T-Mobile, we got Verizon, we, at least in the US. Seems like RCS is finally, like after being kicked through the door like 17 different times, is finally going to be taking hold here in the near-ish future, which is wonderful. This is a great step. I don't know if Microsoft is going to support it or not. I, I honestly, I don't really have a good feel for how many people actually use your phone. That that feature functionality. I know there are people who use it. I know there's people listening to this use it, but I don't know how widespread it is. Like, what's the adoption rate? Are is it? 100,000 people are using it. If it is, it's probably a thing Microsoft might get rid of. Um, is it 10 million? Maybe. It, I, I have I have zero optics into how widespread your phone is being used. It is more of a tech power feature or power user feature. And so I would hope that they would add RCS support. But at the same time, you got to understand Microsoft's perspective from a, lot of, from a lot of different vantage points that they are looking for billion dollar increments, really. And adding RCS support to your phone, is that really going to move that needle at all? Is it a good use of re use of resources? I don't know. We'll find out, but um, you can kind of just, you know, put all that together. NGC224 says, a little inside baseball, but, but can you say how long you've been under embargo for next week's event? Um, no. <laughs> nope. I I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I know. I, maybe I'll talk about it after because I, I don't, I don't want to get in. Nope. There's nothing, nothing, nothing to be said. Uh, B. Schnatt says, uh, congrats on your recent transition to Stardock. Thank you. If Stardock wanted to, <laughs> yeah. So if Stardock, which is the company now where I work and I am the VP and general manager of Stardock Software, who makes wonderful applications that improve the user interface and functionality of Windows 10 and 11. Uh, that is my marketing pitch, but that's not, we're not going to cross pollinate right now. Uh, congrats on your recent transition. If Stardock wanted to advertise on First Ring Daily, which is a daily podcast I do with Paul Thra, would you take the money and run or would you be prohibited from doing that? So this is sort of a hilarious angle. So first off, let's talk about how that would work. So me at Stardock would contact my former company. I mean, uh, Blue Whale or Blue Whale Web Media Group or BWW Media Group. And be like, hey, I want to buy ads on First Ring Daily. And they'd be like, great. And so then from my budget in Stardock marketing, I would create that agreement and then it would go off to them and we'd sign it and I would give money from my own budget at Stardock to... Um, the BWW Media Group, who would then, you know, create the advertising assets and everything else for the podcast. And then I go on the podcast and I would say exactly that. I'd be like, please download Start 11. It makes Windows 11 better. And then I would say that and do all that. But here's the thing. I would, I don't get paid specifically like, so that money that goes from Stardock to Blue Web Media Group doesn't come directly to me. Like that, it would... I mean, it, it's sort of a, an ethical thing at the end of the day where I got to be careful and I'm not trying to cross-pollinate. It's more having fun with what I'm talking about right now. Um, I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibilities. I mean, at some point, we know that podcast marketing is effective. Now, I obviously, I'm not going to sponsor this podcast, which would be just the weirdest thing in the world. Um I'm not going to do that, but we know that podcast uh, marketing is very effective. It doesn't matter if it's First Ring Daily, Windows Weekly, w name any podcast. There's a, those sell typically at a premium because you have a co-host or host read it, just like uh, on-air advertisements you hear from radio hosts. I don't know what the conversion rate on that is, but podcast they convert pretty well in the world of marketing. So I don't, I, what I'm trying to say here is, is that Stardock might actually one day advertise in podcasts. I don't know how I'm going to navigate that from whatever when doing it on first ring daily, but uh, it would be, 
it would be hilarious to just say, hey, today's podcast is brought to you by me, um, because that's exactly how it would go. So Crunchy Frog says, I have a Surface Go 2 in new condition that I bought when it came out. It's like new because it mainly sits in a padded case until I need it. Today I put it, pulled it out and stuck it in a well-known, and it is stuck in a well-known oh, boot loop, and I have to ship it back. Is it just me or do Surface devices have a higher than normal failure rate? Rhetorically, will Microsoft ever take quality seriously with its hardware? I... I've wondered this. I don't know off the top of my head. I, Consumer Reports might be a decent place to go look at actual hardware failure rates and how Surface hardware compares to the industry. Now, on this podcast channel and in life in general, I mean, I'm a big Surface fan. There's a Surface right here. I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to what's going on next week. And um, to me, it does feel like it's a fairly high uh, failure rate. But that is that is tainted data because I am more focused on what happens in the surface world like i don't pay super close attention to what is happening to dell laptops to hp laptops now if they're big fills like power supplies are blowing up yeah i'm obviously aware of those things but i don't hear about the screens cracking and those sort of things because that's not the demographic that i'm typically talking with or hearing from especially on here like nobody writes and says hey my hp laptop continuously fails because right it's just sampling so i don't have a great baseline if Surface hardware is actually failing at a higher rate. You'd have to go find somebody with a larger sample size or N value uh, to truly get a better optics into that. Sorry about your Surface Go 2, though. Those things are neat, but I do agree that it is frustrating that it primarily sits in a packaged or a padded world and then it just fails. Um, the only thing I can think of is that, I mean, it is Surface Go 2, but it's, I believe, designed and built by completely by a third-party company. Like, Microsoft didn't have too much to actually do with that um, at the end of the day. Uh, JNBCK says, do you think the iOS security scare this week will have any impact whatsoever on sales of new Apple devices? So what he's referring to is there was an exploit where, and don't quote me on this, but I believe an, a, a malicious user could just send a PDF via iMessage and it didn't matter if you clicked on it or whatever. Just the simple fact that that message went to your machine means that it could have been compromised and the intruder could have uh, stolen information from the device. And so it was a very big deal. It is now patched, so make sure your iOS devices are patched. Do I think it will have any impact on sales? No. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say security is not important, but people typically will sacrifice convenience and functionality for security. That is a pretty well-known and established rhetoric. And so at the same time, like I'm going to go buy an iPhone uh, 13 Pro and I know that it's being targeted all the time because it's one of the most popular devices. So is Windows. Windows has had its extreme fair share of things. I actually forgot one item, but I know it's the last question of the week. So we will be diving uh, into some of that here because they hired a new lead for uh, for some of that security stuff, Mr. PKI actually links into that. So that was one item that I did miss earlier. Um, Pastor Welker says, do you expect a one more thing moment at the Surface event next week? Um, I'm not going to comment. I think it's probably the, the most fair thing I want to say. Because I don't want to, no, just no comment. Uh, Matt Thynes says, at what point do we expect to hear about drives? Oh, this is a good question. Drive supporting direct storage in Windows 11, or is this more a smoke and mirrors? This? I, so I actually remember talking about what actually we require this. I think it's PCIe 4.0. I might be off on that. Um, I know I got to go look at my own writings, uh, but we haven't heard, seen anything explicit. Like I actually expect vendors like OEMs, like HP and Razer and those guys to come out like supporting it. Like, Hey, we support direct storage. This is a feature. Come buy our new hardware for that. And so we haven't actually seen that. It's a good question because Microsoft is making a big deal about this because let's be honest, the line in the sand between windows 10 and windows 11, it's, it's kind of thin. It's kind of thin, which is actually a perfect question here from Lind Harston. 
with a wonderful question. He says, Paul and Mary Jo were asked about this on Windows Weekly, but curious on your take. What will be your general review of Windows 11 based on current builds? Do you think normal, typical users should upgrade or should they wait until their machine is actively pushed by Microsoft to upgrade? This is a fantastic question because there's there's two things that kind of kind of are, are floating out there and you'll see where I'm going for a second. One thing, Windows 10, fantastic operating system. Sure, you might think it looks dated compared to Windows 11. I don't disagree. With Windows 11 out, Windows 10 does look a little bit dated. But for the vast majority of people, for the vast majority of people, I don't think there's a compelling proposition at this point to move to Windows 11. Yes, it looks different. But aside from looking different, the benefits that you get from moving from 10 to 11 are not life-changing, life-altering. There aren't any major features on the other side that are truly just going to make your life so much better. So for the mom and pops of the world who have a device running Windows 10 and you are happy with Windows 10, I would not go hunting down Windows 11 personally because your cheese quite literally gets moved to the center. Granted, it's not like Windows 8. It's not that big of a risk and you can move it back, but the defaults are different and things look different. And if you don't want stuff to look different, Windows 11 probably isn't for you. And so I don't think, I like for my parents, for example, I'm not going to go out and tell them and actively update their machine to Windows 11. There's no, I, I don't, there's not a good enough benefit to have to sit there and educate them about the differences about where things move to for Windows 11. And let's be honest, my parents don't care about snap displays. They don't care about much other than being able to open it up, click the blue E or green, bluish green E for edge, whatever you want to call it now, and get to their email and get to Facebook to see the grandkids. Like that is it. And a lot of that's just done in their phones anymore. So, um, I think Windows 11 will do well. I think it's a fine OS. I don't have too many major complaints. There's little things that um, that need to be fixed across the OS, and it's not it's not a huge risk like uh, Windows 8 was. So it's a great it's a fantastic question because I think the reviews of Windows 11 are going to be fantastic uh, and fantastic in a it's really going to depend on who's reviewing it. Like Tom Warren at the Verge has already said, like, hey, I'm not going to recommend this to people because the taskbar is kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, if you've got ingrained keyboard command or not keyboard commands, but mouse commands. For example, I didn't realize how often I clicked on the taskbar and went to task manager until I couldn't do it anymore. And so you can't do that. Uh, I, I'm not, I never move my taskbar, but I know there's people who did. And I know that there's a lot of people who just aren't necessarily happy with how Microsoft is forcing the arrangement of uh, the taskbar for, for various reasons. So it's a, that's a really interesting question. That's why I'm going to be watching these reviews because Windows 10 was an easy sell. It's like, you're on eight, get the hell off that, get to 10 because it, it fixes everything. I, Windows 11 doesn't really fix anything. It just kind of molds it and, and puts a little softer, softer flair on it at the end of the day. So last question of the week, which is actually from Mr. PKI for a thing I forgot to bring up because this is a really big deal. Um, so he says, how about this for an OMG ending question of the week? Microsoft just hired Charlie Bell from Amazon and reorganized all of their security under him. So yes, that is an announcement I forgot to include is that Charlie Bell is joining Microsoft. He's leading up, leading up a new cybersecurity org inside of Microsoft. And this is a really big deal. Uh, do you think this is due to the wave of sur surprising vulnerabilities and exploits that are growing like SolarWinds, Exchange, 
Print Nightmare, and now Wiz beating up Azure quite badly. Yes. Um, so there's also another exploit out this week where if you were running a Linux-based VM, I think it's, I don't know if it was in a container or not, but Microsoft was attaching an agent to that so that they could help monitor and do other things. I mean, it's not that crazy that they attached an agent to it. What's crazy about it is one, they weren't telling people they were doing that. And then it was discovered that there was a vulnerability in that agent and that Microsoft needed you, I believe, to kind of go in and manually patch it because they didn't have a great way for doing it. I believe that agent was open source. And so there was an issue with that. So now, here comes Charlie Bell walking into Microsoft. Is it because Microsoft went this route because they've had all these issues? It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Security is becoming the posture that people are defining how they use product. We saw Apple fall to it this week. Somebody even asked, do you think that's going to impact sales? I don't think so. I mean, Microsoft puts a ton of effort. I believe they said they're going to be spending like $20 billion over the next five years on security. And very clearly, Charlie Bell is probably getting a sizable chunk of that to to come on over uh, from team AWS to Microsoft. Microsoft is absolutely putting some new leadership in charge of security because they've been on the the beating end of a lot of this stuff. The SolarWinds stuff was massive. Uh, Print Nightmare continues to be this ongoing thing and they can't get quite get it resolved in a meaningful way. And there's been other exchange bugs coming out. The, the reality is, is that from an external attacker perspective, it is becoming easier and easier by each going week to attack large surface vectors, such or attack surfaces, I should say, such as Microsoft, such as Apple, because they are so pervasive, getting, uh, getting your wares pointed at these targets isn't that hard. And so now now there's more sophisticated tools leaking out. I mean, like we've seen NSA tools, we've seen things come out of Israel that are you know, not even pro-grade hacker, like military-grade hacking tools being leaked to just the average user, which is creating just tons of vulnerabilities. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next 10 years in terms of security and how these companies navigate these tricky tricky waters of cybersecurity. It's something I pay very close attention to. Very clearly, so does Mr. PKI. And we'll see what Charlie Bell does at Amazon or at Microsoft and if Amazon tries to sue Microsoft for non-competes into the ground. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, I, there, there's a, a theory and I'll be curious to see. So what's the deal is, is that Amazon is obviously not very happy that Charlie Bell is over at Microsoft and Microsoft was obviously very happy and both these companies effectively have unlimited money. And so they're probably, well, we don't know this yet. There's a good chance these two might sue the pants off of each other trying to make this happen, which will bring up a big deal about non-compete agreements. Typically, it comes down to the state, but there's a big belief that non-competes, well, while they exist, they aren't super enforceable because they're kind of, it just depends how they're written. And so what would be super interesting if these two companies sued themselves, each other, sued themselves, sued each other all the way up to the Supreme Court. And then we finally got a ruling from that regard about how non-competes truly work in the world of business. So this is going to be a case to watch and see how this shakes out. Will Amazon attack Microsoft? Will they back down? Will they defend them? We don't know. We'll find out. Should be a lot of fun. And if you like fun things, folks, that is the end of this podcast that clearly nobody listens to. And as always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.